it looks like my CD skipping happened. CD player. Oh, we'll just uh, forget it. Good super early morning, America. This is Danger Close, USA Resistance Podcast Radio, and this is your host, Jeff Kaufman, at 4 freaking 18 in the morning. Yeah. What am I doing up at 4.15 in the morning? Oh, let me explain. I got a job. <laughs> I, uh, took a job. Working for a healthcare group. And, um, I am on a mission. <sighs> Apparently, um, I volunteered myself to cover a shift at a facility I've never been to except for once. And, um, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't. We don't even know where they keep their ketchup. But I'm gonna do it, and uh, I'm gonna get it done. It's um, one of those things where you're um, given an opportunity to better your uh, for betterment. Let's just use that word, and uh, you become obligated. And um, I'm happy to do it. It's a challenge. It's actually really a, a big challenge right now because I'm really tired. I uh, tried to go to bed early. Didn't exactly go to bed early. Ended up falling asleep. Took a little while to fall asleep. I was worried about what I had to do today because I've never worked in this facility before. So it's kind of a challenge. I'll let you know how it goes. I'll try to do a podcast after I'm done. I don't know. I really don't. Um, I'm training to be a dietitian, a clinical dietitian manager. I guess is the actual terminology. I won't be. A, I'm not an actual clinical dietitian yet, but I'm training for that position. Um, there's some schooling involved, some classes, whatever, and a lot of training. So right now I'm a manager in training, and that's what I'm doing. And I've been shuffled around a little bit. I'm, I'm holding a, a vast amount of skills <laughs> in the cooking world. Having been an executive chef for almost, I think it was over 20 years, but I mean, I'll just be technical. I mean, I've been in the restaurant business since I was a kid. 
Um, I cooked my first real cook slash chef position when I was like 13. Maybe I don't. I don't remember. I washed my first dishes. I worked as a dishwasher for the first time when I was 11. I started working at a restaurant when I was 11. Actually, it was an Italian-American club in Punta Gorda, Florida. And, uh, you know, the restaurant business sucks. It really does. An executive chef position, I think, was ranked number three as one of the most uh, stressful jobs in the world. Uh, it was also, I think, had the highest mortality rate from heart attacks and suicide. And I don't know why, but... That's the truth, Ruth. And um, I used to be one. And I loved it. I can handle the stress. The stress doesn't bother me. I, I, I handle stress really well. In high pressure situations, I do well. Um, I always have. I don't know why. I just, to me, it seems like a challenge. I like challenges. I like to be physically and mentally challenged. I am physically and mentally challenged. I, <laughs> I enjoy what I did. And... Five years ago, I gave it up. I was burnt out. Um, I really can't blame anybody else but myself. I just, I just got tired of it. I, I got uh, the monotony of it, staring at the same walls, doing the same thing every day. And I wasn't an executive chef for about three years. I worked in every shithole you can imagine in this county where I live. And I just didn't like what I was doing anymore. And I didn't like who I was working for anymore. And I didn't like what they were paying me. And it didn't it didn't fit who I am. I'm not a slop and drop chef. I'm not throw it on a plate and send it out the door, let's go kind of guy. I work professionally. I had a 4.5 star grade. I You have any idea what that means? It's extremely hard to get that fifth star. To get four and a half stars means you're pretty damn fucking good. If not exceptional. And uh, I think I'm exceptional anyways. Because I am exceptional. I'll be right back. i got to go in the gas station. And we got to fly like an eagle. Okay. I'm back. I got my gas. Okay. You have tuned in to Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio. This is your host, Jeff Kaufman. I love America. Where was I? I don't even remember. Oh, so anyways, I, I'm doing this job, and that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm up at uh, 4.32 in the morning. And now i got to drive like a freaking madman to get to where i got to go. And I can barely see because my wipers are sucking buttholes right now. So let's just hope I don't die on the way to work. I think I got plenty of time. I might be a minute late, but they can uh, they can forgive me for that. Five o'clock in the morning. I don't know what time I got either. I gotta eat a banana. I need that potassium. Hold on, I gotta peel a banana.
I'm eating a banana, sorry. A little fresh fruit. good. I eat bananas fast. One of my favorite fruits, but I can only handle so much of it. Oranges I love, but I get constipated on oranges. Don't laugh! I do! I'll eat so many of them in a row that I think my body goes into some kind of like shutdown mode. Like you have eaten too many oranges, you're screwed. And now I gotta fix my seat because my wife borrowed the car. Oh, every time she gets in, she adjusts the windows, I mean, adjusts the mirrors, adjusts the seats. I feel like I'm sitting in a freaking cockpit of a Porsche or something. When I get in it, it's not where I like it to be, so it's kind of, it's frustrating. I hope I left the house early enough, but something tells me I didn't. I was trying to remember the distance from my house to this place. And if I remembered correctly, it only took me 20, 30 minutes to get there. And I really honestly can't remember now. So now I'm panicking in my head going, am I going to be there on time? Am I going to be there by 5? It is 4.34. I'm trying to imagine the time frame 20 minutes from now if I'm going to be there or not. And if not, and if I'm a few minutes late, they, I, I, I think they for, can forgive me. I, uh, I took this on a whim. I was supposed to be off today. And they called me up yesterday. Actually, I got a text, and I was just kind of like, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, I'll be there. No, not a problem. I need this job. This job far is far more important than my rest. Although I need to be able to function in order to do my job. I should have went to bed a little earlier. That's really, that was my fault there. That was my biggest mistake. Um, my second biggest mistake was probably waking up a little too early. I should have maybe adjusted my alarm clock and just kind of winged it at 3.30 instead of 3. Could have used that extra half hour of sleep, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little, like, whacked out. I feel a little wacky. And I, you know, I normally go to bed. I mean, it, it's hard to describe. I, my hours have been fluctuating. So there's days when I get home and it's nice and sunny out still and I'll have a few hours of sunlight left and I don't feel tired. And then the last couple nights in a row I was getting home late. Well, later than I was before, like eight, nine. Instead of coming home at 4, I was coming home at 8 or 9 o'clock at night. So it kind of threw me through a loop, and I'd get home at 8 or 9, and I would not be ready for bed. 
you know, I'm not, I'm not tired. I'd have that, that second wind kind of thing going. I don't know if you ever worked in a restaurant business. You, uh, you could come home from working in a restaurant all day at 11:30 at night, and you'll be on that. I still have a lot of energy. I'm not tired yet syndrome. So you won't go to sleep till two o'clock in the morning. I, I'm well, not everybody does it, but I'm just saying on average, I'd say most restaurant workers don't come home and go right to bed. It's you kind of at that time of night. You're kind of on that. I'm still good to go. I've, I'm on my drag ass tired. Like I don't know how to describe it. Energy, and that's what happens in the restaurant business. I mean, especially when you're an executive chef, you might go in at seven o'clock in the morning and not get home till eleven thirty at night. And when you get home, you're not ready for bed. It's just it's that kind of energy that you create, having that that drive, that mentality, and I, I'll just be honest with you, that's kind of where I am right now. So I, I, I think I'll fare well. Also, I get to work with, I don't remember his name. I can't remember. I, I, she told me over the phone, but I really can't remember his name. But this gentleman that I'm going to work with is actually on the Moonshiner show, whatever that is, because I don't have cable TV. I'm going to have to tell him that because he, he, he probably thinks he's famous. He probably is famous. But he's on the Moonshiner series or something on uh, cable, TV, whatever. And um, so he's kind of a, a star. And I guess next week um, I'll be covering his shift while he's working on the show, I guess. So that's kind of cool. Kind of. I would, I'm not, I'm not questioning the gentleman, I just, uh, if you're on cable TV, what are you doing with a part-time job? You, uh, you should have been assigned uh, a little extra money. I could be your agent. Uh, let me get you that good deal. And I'm just saying, I mean, really, uh, I would expect that he would have made more money, being that he's on TV. I probably have a delusional of idea of what it means to do what he's doing, but I, I, I just kind of think it's a TV series, right? You're on TV, you should be getting paid something substantial. I got exactly 20 minutes to get there, and I think I can pull it off. I'm not sure. I, I'm not going to drive like the freaking Dickens, but I am not going to go slow. So anyways, that's that's kind of a, that's something there. Uh, he's he's on the Moonshiner show. I can't remember his name. Greg, Josh, something. I don't remember. I've actually, I think I've seen his video. I think I know who the guy is. I've never met him. And I don't have cable TV, so I've never actually seen the show. But I do think I remember seeing him on YouTube. And I, if it's the same guy, he did something about there was an old man that he saw outside of a gas station. Nobody would talk to him. And he wouldn't ask anybody for money or something, and it, it's just, he gave him 10 bucks and it like made the guy's day. And I, if it's that guy, then, uh, very emotional. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I mean, I was just saying, it's, uh, it's interesting. My day should be interesting. Anyways, uh, I have to be there at 5, and I just looked at my clock, and I got exactly 20 minutes to get there. And I, I think I can pull it off, but 
I'm nervous because I'd never been in this place. I went this is, I went to this place one time for my interview. Like, when I was going through the recruitment process of uh, getting hired on, I met my uh, hiring manager, um, the district manager, actually, the DM, and she's just an exceptional uh, person. Totally, just totally, I'm not saying that to butter her buns or brown nose or whatever you want to call it. Just an exceptional person. Um, extremely smart, highly educated. Her credentials are through the roof. She makes me look like Peter Pan. Uh, but she's been promoted or something, and someone else has taken her position, and I'm a... Uh, I'm kind of enchanted by this whole business because um, I'm, I'm able to use a little bit, of, a little teeny bit of my culinary skills. It's not extremely applicable, but it is. I mean, yes, I'm cooking, but I'm not cooking five-star meals. I'm not plating Azambuco or you know Chateaubriand. I'm doing the complete opposite of what I've been trained to do. It's institutional cooking. It's it's not five-star chef work. And I... Which is good, because for the last five years, I have not used any real culinary terms. You know? I haven't used any real culinary terms. I've lost a lot of them. I'll go to remember something... Hockerverd. Hockerverd. I can't even say green beans anymore in fancy language, you know? Excuse my language. Uh, Chefanade, <laughs> Julienne, it's all just kind of gone. Uh, mise en place. I, I'm just saying, a lot of the uh, culinary terminology that I had applied to my everyday life as an executive chef has not disappeared. Mise en place. Uh, it has not completely disappeared. It's just better case better case better better case oh shoot I can't remember what they are uh, so a lot of that skill sets there the skill sets there I mean there's nothing I can't do what's not there right now is the need to use all those skills and I had a little bit of a learning curve the first day I got to cook institutionally I'm going into this chef mode where I really didn't need it. If that makes any sense. I was overthinking everything, over-quantifying what I was doing, and it was not what I had to do, if that makes any sense at all. I, institutional cooking is not about... I mean, there's still the presentation involved. There's still the, uh, the quality and the presentation is just on a very low, 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 low scale. I don't want to send out a dirty plate, but I'm not exactly plating, uh, you know, for some senators and governors, you know, or movie stars. You know, I, I've, when I was an executive chef, I got a, I had a, I met uh, Heather Locklear and her husband. Um, I cooked for the governor of Georgia, Zell Miller. I, uh, I met Nancy Reagan, uh, George Bush, and. Um, Barbara Bush, um, a George Bush Jr. and his wife, uh, I can't think of her right, name right now, Laura, um, 
and I, I said Nancy Reagan, didn't I? Um, I got to cook for these people one time. Um, I had a plate signed by Travis Tritt. I uh, met Dolly Parton. I uh, did a wedding or something for Wailing Jennings or someone in his family anyways. It wasn't for him. Uh, it's a long list. And I was proud of all these things. You know, really proud. Heather Locklear thing was, was funny because I didn't know who she was. I had no idea who she was. Went out to her. I was, I was requested to come out to the table because I had made a, a really nice meal. And I nobody had told me who she was. And went out there and she got up, shook my hand. Was really, really kind to me. And I'm like, God, this woman's gorgeous. You know, she was just dropped dead gorgeous. And it was like, I kind of know this person. You know, in my head, I'm like, God, she looks familiar. Like, I should know her. Walked away from the table, shook her husband's hand, walked away from her table, went back in the kitchen, and no one had said anything to me yet still. And I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm working, and I'm putting this woman's face through my memory banks. Kind of, you know what I mean? And I'm... I'm trying to think, like, where do I know her from? And I believe it was the restaurant manager or the, at least the kitchen manager, I can't remember. Came back and she said, so how did it go? And I said, oh, it was great. They were very happy. And she said, well, Heather usually, and I'm like, Heather. And that's when it hit me. And then she said, yes, that was Heather Locklear. And I'm like, what? I just did what? I met who? <laughs> you are you kidding me? I wanted to go back out there. Like, can you sign my plate? <clears throat> Which is common in the restaurant business. If you're an executive chef and you cook for someone really important, like I said, I had a plate signed by Travis Tritt. Um, I actually had a beer with him. He invited me to his table to have a beer, and I was working at this place called Cross, Cross Creek Grill, and I didn't know who he was. Had no idea, and I, I guess he told the manager on duty that you know he wanted the chef to come out, whoever cooked for him, and have a beer with him or something. And I went out there, and he offered me a beer, and I was like, oh, yeah, okay, you know. And I had like two drinks out of the beer because I was working, you know. And I, I said, would you sign my plate for me, you know? And he said, yeah. So I said, would you mind signing it, you know, for my wife, who at the time was my second wife, um, was a big country fan, country music fan. So I had him sign a plate for her. I should have had him just sign the plate for me because she's undeserving of a signed plate from Travis Tritt. Now, okay, I've got 12 minutes to get there. 12 minutes. And I don't know how the hell I'm going to pull it off. And this guy's flashing his high beams on me, and I don't have my high beams on, so he's probably needs some deficiency in vitamin E, B, or something. A, vitamin A. Need some eye, eye, eye freaking vitamins, whatever. But if my high beams are on, I'm, I'm fucking Smurfette. Not, not physically, fucking, never mind. So there's that all. There you go. I've told you a lot of stuff. There you go. Enjoy. I'm just trying to remember how to get to where I gotta go. And I, I, I it's like in my head, I'm like, it's not that far away. And then at the same time, I'm like, wait a minute, yes it is, it's further than I think it is, and then I'm like, no. So I might have to actually do this 
uh, the show and get it over with real quick and then uh, get on my Google Maps because I can't remember where, it's, where this place is. I have this idea in my head. Well, I know where it is. I just I have this idea in my head that it's it's not that far away. And then I'm thinking maybe it, uh, it's further than I think it is. I just remember the first time I went, I went these little back roads. And um, the back roads were, you know, a lot more direct approach back and forth from my house. And today I had to go to use the gas station before I, I came out to go to, to go to work. And uh, I think having to go all the way down to the end of one road and turn and then try to get here, I, I probably added an extra 10 minutes to my, sh to my, uh, to my time frame. And I don't know if I'll be there exactly on time, but I know I'll be very, 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 very close or exactly on time. I have no problems with time management, you know what I mean? I, but I do get nervous when I can't assure myself of distances between places, if that makes any sense. Like, I could have been somewhere one day, but if I go out, if I go in one direction and use one set of roads and then have to go a different direction and use a different set of roads, I have the tendency to screw up my time in my head. And, like, I went to leave this, uh, the house this morning, and I'm like, I got plenty of time, and I looked at the gas gauge, and I'm like, oh, shit. I got to go get gas, and the only gas station open is down this one road, and I don't have time to, there, I, you know, there's no other gas station on the way, and I better... Hurry, and I think I'm going to be late. I might, no, see, actually, I think I'm going to be on time. I'm kind of fruitcake-ish when it comes to the kind of stuff like this. I don't like to be late, ever. And I don't ever, you know, allow myself to be late, even if I'm doing something that is a challenge for me, and, like, I have a good reason and, and to just say, you know what, if you don't like it too bad, I'm late. <laughs> Kind of like right now, because I really, I'm just like, why am I doing this? I've never worked in this facility before. I'm not complaining, but I'm just saying, I've never worked in this facility before. I don't even know where they keep their ketchup. What am I doing? You know, how am I going to get through this? I, you know, I think I'm, I'm up to my eyeballs in a whoopsie uh, as far as someone else's misfortune, and I'm covering it. And it's fine. It's it shows that I have the flexibility and mentality to do my job. But I'm not like somebody. I'm not like some people who might just be like. I mean, here's the thing, and I, I hope nobody from my uh, my company hears this. But here's the thing: this lady wants me to cover a shift for her. She's the manager. And the whole part of it was is that she couldn't be there, but yet she's meeting me here this morning at 5 o'clock. So here's my question. If you're meeting me here at 5 o'clock in the morning, why aren't you just covering your shift? Why have me show up? I thought the whole point of me coming out here was 
because you needed someone to cover a shift that you couldn't cover, but yet you're willing to meet me here at 5 o'clock in the morning, what, to just show me the, the ropes? I mean, what, are you going to go sit in your office and watch me work? That's what it seems like. I'm not buying that part. No, I'm not buying it. Not buying it. Not buying it. Not buying it. Seems like a little off to me. I mean, if you're the managing director or whatever, you should be um, the one covering your shifts. She might have something going on. You know, who knows? Maybe your daughter's getting married or she just wants to go to church today. I, I mean, I'm just being honest. I mean, there's always some underlining reason someone can't cover their employees' shifts if there's a need, but... Anyways, this is Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio. I think I'm almost there. Enjoy your Sunday, America. I couldn't get the radio to play. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, God bless America. Hooah! can't think of a more patriotic, 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 I can't think of a more American song right there. I know, you're probably, what about the Star Spangled Banner? Yeah, well, you ever heard Metallica play it? That too, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I think some of the times there's some heavy metal out there that just totally encompasses the way I think and feel sometimes. I'm just saying, it's, it's like my life set to music. Oh, what a day. What what a freaking day. No, not really. And oh yeah, yeah, it was a freaking day. Imagine 
Imagine uh, being called into work in a kitchen that you've never stepped foot in before. To feed, uh, I was only 89 people, but to feed 89 people with a lot of different diet restrictions, not having any freaking idea what those numbers are, and uh, you just jump in, baby. Just jump in like it's a warm swimming pool, like a jacuzzi full of sweat and raw food. And you just jump right in, and you're just, oh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't fun. No, I didn't have not, I didn't, no, I did not have a good day. None, I, not at all. This morning was a challenge. It was literally a challenge. It tested my whole ability to cook, for one, for two, to uh, assure myself that I could pull it off, and three, I just, I, 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 I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. How I counted the bacon maybe a little over excessively. I was thinking two pieces to a person, and forgetting about diets. Some people didn't like bacon. What's wrong with them? I don't know, but. Some people don't like bacon, so I ended up with just the same amount of numbers of people who had special diet restrictions, such as pureed foods and and whatnot, uh, mechanically softened food, softened food. So I had a little more bacon than I anticipated, used up almost all the eggs to the T, and at the same time, I'm kind of sitting here going, Ugh. I mean, I... Uh, I had to cook, I don't know how many patties of sausage on the fly because we had to have a puree sausage. And the guy I work with, ultra ultra nice guy, really cool guy, he's on that Moonshiner show. Um, his name is Van. Van is his show name. Van. V-A-N, I guess. Van. But uh, he's on that show. And a uh, really nice guy. Hard worker. Got along great. And, uh... Busted tail, and we got it. We got it. We kicked out breakfast, uh, tooth and nail. It was a little. It was only his second day, only his second day. I, I, that's all I can tell you. It was his only. It was his second day. He knew. He knew what he knew, and uh, we just uh, we just banged it out, baby. Banged it out, and uh, I. Uh, didn't really enjoy breakfast, but lunch was easy. I had sloppy joes, macaroni uh, pasta, whatever you want to call it, macaroni pasta, pasta salad. I'm sorry, I'm tired. I I, I uh, threw all that together, and I forget what else, and something else. Green beans. Uh, we banged that out, got it out before we were, had the limitation there in time frame. Just done, and uh. Then it came to clean up part and all that happy horse shit, and I just we we did what we had to do and we got the cat out of there. Now uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'm not. Uh, I'm not going to complain. It was hard work, and I just uh, you know I realized that where I could be from five years from now could be in a whole different situation, a whole different place, and not doing that, but still with the same company. So I don't care what I have to do to reach that plateau. If it's not even a plateau, if I still have a ladder to climb, I'm going to climb it. This is probably one of the better things that's ever happened to me since I've 
been in the restaurant business, since I've been in the management business, um, since I've been in the food and beverage business, um, food, beverage, and hospitality business, it, this is probably one of the better things that's ever happened to me. It really, it really is. It's the I've, most I've ever been paid by a conglomerate ever in the history of my uh, my career. I, I mean that, you know, going like what John Q. Hammonds pays. Yeah, well, we're gonna pay you. I know you got a four point five stars, but we're gonna pay you twelve fifteen hours. Is that okay with you? Fuck no, it's not okay with you or me, whoever. It's not okay at all. Well, oh, but you'll get a raise in a year. Oh, that's great. Okay, let's do it. Sit down with HR. Okay, Mr. Coffin, exemplary, exemplary skills. You're just phenomenal. You're one treasure of a chef. We couldn't ask for anything better. So we decided we're going to give you 25 cents for a raise. Get the... I got, what the... What, are you freaking kidding me? What? Yeah, I remember you, Chef Ian Hawker. Freaking drunk and stoned out of your goddamn mind. I had to carry your freaking weight. Yeah, I remember that. John Q. Hammonds, NBC Suites. The only reason I ever, ever, ever went to work for you was because I had hopes I would meet Paris Hilton, and that was the only reason. <laughs> well, you know the Hilton line; it's part of John Q. Hammonds. I literally, I, I, you wouldn't believe what I went through with John Q. Hammonds. I lasted, I think, a year or three months. I just said a fucking quarter. Are you fucking kidding me? And they had met me when I was doing consultant work for a company that was paying me up the wazoo. I know it wasn't even a year I was there. I don't fucking remember. I, I really, I don't, I don't remember what it was, how long I was actually at John Q. Hammonds, but it doesn't really matter. It was uh, an experience, to say the least. One of those experiences that uh, teaches you never to work for a company that promises you something and will not fulfill their end of it. And so far, this company is treating me like... I'm gold, and I cannot complain. I will not complain. I will never complain. I am happy. And for where I live, and, and this is something that, you know, that's really important to understand. Where I live, we're in a rural, very high poverty level area. Extremely high poverty level. Um, to find a job paying what they pay me is extremely hard. Extremely rare. Very few and far to come by. And um, I've been especially happy and very grateful that my Lord Jesus up above him and my Holy Father said, let's make sure he gets the right job at the right place this time. I, I prayed for this. I, I know, I, you know, I don't really like to mix religion with my show. I've only done it once, and it was just that I, I felt like I had to tell you what I think, and I, I literally thanked God twice since I quit working for you-know-who. And um, the first time is when he landed me a job uh, making the exact same amount of money that I was getting paid for you-know-who. And I was like, ah, I don't want to smoke weed all day. I don't want to start drinking it, too. Uh, that's not my lifestyle anymore. My lifestyle is wife, kids, dogs, a couple gerbils, maybe a garden in the backyard. I really don't have time for the... And I don't have anything against me. I want to see it legalized. I think they should legalize the living bejesus out of marijuana. I really do. But, you know, I thanked God when I got that job, and then it was two days, three days in, I was like, yeah, no. And I went home, and I, you know, it wasn't really like I said, oh, I quit. It was just, there was a long story there, and I, I'm actually kind of ashamed of it. But 
the same time, I'm grateful for how it played out. I really am. I'm grateful. Um, and I thanked God then. I was like, oh, thank you, God, for giving me this job. Oh, we needed this money so bad, blah, 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 blah. And instead, instead, it worked out perfectly fine. I mean, it really did. We struggled. We're still struggling. We're going to struggle until I get a paycheck, and we'll probably struggle after that. But the point of the fact is, we're lucky. And I'm, I'm hoping that everything works out for the best. And we might have one hell of a freaking struggle ahead of us as a family. And I have no doubts. But I know, or at least I believe, that we're going we're gonna to make it through this. We really will. And we might have some hardships ahead of us. No doubt. But... To be honest with you, I think, you know, I think we'll be all right. We have to be. I mean, it's just, it's a struggle. I mean, life is a struggle unless you're born with a freaking silver spoon up your ass, which, like Donald Trump is. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring him up. Yeah, I know. Uh, Donald fucking Trump. Donald fucking dipshit Trump, the moron in chief. I can't stand him. I have no use for him. I, I see him on the TV and I just look the other way. I turned the channel at a goddamn McDonald's the other day because they had it set on. It actually said, do not change channel. I flipped that motherfucking channel like I didn't I didn't give a damn. And I even told him when the lady came up and said, who changed the channel? I said, it was me. And she said, oh, well, you can't read? I said, no, I can read, but I really don't give a fuck. Oh, I, I actually said that. I mean, I'm sorry. It was Fox News, it was propaganda, and I shut the fucking goddamn shit off. I turned the goddamn channel to, like, Cartoon Network or something. And this lady comes out sweeping the floor, looks up, and realizes, running stippies on or something, I don't know what it was. And she goes, who changed the channel? And I'm sitting right there staring at the TV right in front of me, you know, where any numbskull would sit to watch TV in a McDonald's. And I said, that was me. And she goes, um... Can you not read? I said, yes, I can. I can read perfectly fine. Um, but I don't really don't give a shit. I changed the channel. And she's like, well, uh, you're just gonna ha I'm just going to have to turn it back. And I said, well, you just go right ahead and do that. And I got up and I left. You have a nice fucking day. I mean, I'm sorry. Fox News is bullshit. It's not American. I don't give a fuck what you tell me. I've watched enough of it, heard enough of it. Only people that watch Fox News and go, yeah, they're right are the fucking useful idiots in this country that don't have the fucking common sense or the intelligence to look past what they're fucking being told. It's just pure ideology and propaganda. Nothing else, nothing more. Just that. It's not news. It's a bunch of dipshits with opinions. Sorry, I had to get off my chest. I hope you understand. I sound angry, don't I? I get that a lot. You should see my face. I have a furrowed brow. I have one of those brows that looks like I'm focusing on the needle, trying to thread it with, you know, trying to get, I try to put the camel through a needle. You know what I'm trying to say, right? I have that look and appearance like, I'm focused. And I, people look at me and they, they are very apprehensive. People think I'm, I'm like, like this giant evil man of some sort. And I'm not. I'm a nice guy. I really am. I'm a nice, nice guy. Really nice guy. Super guy. No, I really am. Don't argue with me. I really am. I, I swear to God, I'm a super nice guy. I would do anything for anybody. 
I'd, hell, I'd, I'd take the shirt off my back and I'd hand you my underwear too. I, I would feed the homeless if I had the money. I would open up a fucking homeless shelter for the homeless. I really would. I would. I swear to God. There's one here in this town, and I swear to God, I can't tell you how many times I played a lottery, and I go, if I win the fucking lottery, I'm making sure that place stays open for the next fucking hundred years, or at least in the next eight months. Whatever each other I can afford. Whatever it is. If I can afford fucking 10,000 years, it's going to stay over 10,000 years. If I can't afford it, then I'm just going to make sure it's funded for a few months. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be a dick. I got to live too. What if I got to win 400 fucking million dollars ago? Here you go. I just prefer not to have that. You can have it all. I have no, I have no need for 400 million dollars. Thank you. I'm giving it to all, all of it to the homeless shelter. Oh. I'm going to help out the homeless shelter, don't get me wrong, I have a good heart, they don't, you know, they'll have a steak dinner at least twice a week, I promise. I'm not going to fucking do that. I am going to keep some of that money. How much do I actually need if I have $400 million? I don't know. Whatever how amount, the amount is that I need, I'm going to have. And whatever amount I don't need, I'm going to jealously let go of. I, I'm going to fight it tooth and nail. I'll be like, here you go, here's your donation. Here you go. Take it now. Take it. Before I take it back, kick you in the face and leave. You don't deserve the $2 million that's going to give you, you bastardly homeless shelter. Uh, I'm not that greedy. No, greedy is, is keeping two goats and four ducks on your fucking golf course and claiming, you know, that you're a fucking farm. Yeah, it is a farm because everybody that golfs there is a fucking bozo. It's a bozo farm. That's where they raise their bozos. You never pay attention to people that play golf at Trump, Trump's golf courses? are all pretty much fucking bozos. That are scumbags. It's a bozo scumbag farm. They have like 300 head of scumbag and I think it's like 65,000 bozos. I'm just being honest. If you don't like my honesty, you can kiss my ass. It's totally legit. Go ahead. Sometimes people look at me when I'm doing these podcasts as I'm driving by and they hear me, they listen, they think I'm talking to someone, so I just let them think that. I'm just making a phone call. I've been uh, talking to my wife this whole time, and uh, when I do the crazy shit, like I just did just then, uh, I wonder what they really think. Of course, I also really don't give a fuck. So, thank you for tuning in to Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio. This is your host, Jeff Kaufman. I'll be right back after these important messages. If you are interested in opening a savings and checking account, I have the best freaking checking and savings account in the world available. And it will be available in a link on this anchor page. Um... Find my anchor page. Just go to uh, Danger Close. Just Google this. Danger Close USA Anchor. Okay? When you find that face that, that, that web page, not Facebook page, when you find that web, web uh, page, uh, you will see a link for Aspiration, Asper, Asper, Aspirin Bank. Aspiration. Asper, aspiration. Aspiration Bank. Um, if you sign up, you will get $25 automatically deposited into your account. And another $25 
donated to a cause under your name. Uh, or a cause of your choosing. Uh, charity of your choosing, yes. I think I'm going to need to write down this commercial next time I go to do one. I think I just blew this one. Aspiration. Aspirin. Aspirin bank. Yes. I'd like to take a tie and all, please. Can I see my CD, Mr. Fucking Bear? I, just, I fucked that all up. We'll have to come back to that. Anyways, listen, if you're really interested in opening, open, opening, Opie. Oh, I must have watched Andy Griffith lately. Opie, come here. Why'd you kill this bird, Opie? You know what this means, right? No, Pa, not the belt. No, not the belt. I'm going to beat you with my freaking guitar. No, okay, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Listen, if you are interested in opening a savings and checking account, with an awesome feature that allows you to invest, I recommend highly Aspiration Bank. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I have my days. You will find a link to the bank on my anchor page. Just Google Danger Close USA and the word anchor. That's the best way I can get you there, okay? I don't know. You should, you should hear me give you directions to people how to get somewhere. Take a left, you'll see this big oak tree, right? And you'll you'll see this big oak tree, and right next to it is this big rock. Take your next left after that oak tree. But don't take the left right by the oak tree, take the next left. Because then you're going to be on the right road, but you need to turn and keep to the right. You'll see a fork in the road, and it's about, oh, I don't know, three quarters of a mile as far as the crow flies, and you'll be there. Just look for the yellow petunias and the bright red mailbox. It's on the left-hand side. As you go over a hill, you'll see a patch of blackberry bushes and, like, three cows in a field and two ducks. That's Al Gore's estate. He's a farm. All right. This guy's got the right idea. He knows how to drive. I like this guy. Or maybe he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He's, he's a bozo, too. He must have just got, he came off the fucking farm. Bill Blinker. This guy has got a Chevy fucking Charger. And he can't even fucking drive! Hi, how are you doing? I yelled out the window, he's doing 30 miles an hour down the fucking highway like a complete freaking moron. Oh, I don't want to get pulled over by the cops while me and my buddy are smoking a big fat fucking blunt, dude, in the front seat. So, you know, I'm just going to go, we don't want to get pulled over, dude. I'm doing 35 in a 60. Everything will be fine, trust me. That's how you get pulled over. We're going too freaking slow. Cops are like, okay, everybody's speeding today except this guy. In a really nice, fancy car. That'd be the first fucking guy to pull over. The guy doing 30 miles an hour, he can't even fucking keep his car in a the lane. They're like, dude, we're never going to get pulled over with this big blunt, dude. It won't happen because, ha, ha, ha we're going below the speed limit. Ha. Y'all did right. Ha. <coughs> Which leads me, leads me, blah, 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 blah. Which leads me to the next thing I was going to tell you. Which I totally forgot. But I'm going to remember now, any second. Give me a minute. Let's listen to Metallica, I'll remember. Oh yeah, I remember now. There is this guy, he's a real estate agent where I live, right? And he's got, like, all these broke-down fucking trucks, you know, like, box trucks and vans. And, uh, like, freaking semi-truck trailers. And he's got, do you know Big Frank, written all over him. Do you know Big Frank? 
Like, oh, there's another one. I just drove by. Do you know Big Frank? Do you know Big Frank? There's another one. Oh, do you know Big Frank? And, you know, it, it, it causes just enough of a controversy where people are going to go, I want to know who the fuck Big Frank is. I really do, because it's all over the goddamn place, and I want to know who Big Frank is. Who is Big Frank? Well, I want to get really drunk one night, and it says, do you know Big Frank? That's what it says. And I'm going to get really drunk, and I'm going to get a spray can of fucking paint. And I'm going to go out to every one of these fucking signs and write, is fat, question mark, underneath it. Because it's, do you know Big Frank, question mark, and I'm going to write, is fat, question mark, underneath it. Do you know Big Frank is fat? I don't know how fat he actually is, but he's a douche. No, I mean, I'm seriously. When someone drops a cannonball in like three feet of water, it goes kadoosh. That douche part is Big Frank. I'm just being honest. You might not like my honesty. That's okay. You don't have to. You could change the channel. Put on Mickey Mouse. Go watch something else. You, you really want to fucking bring, blow your brains out? Go fucking listen to Mark Levin or fucking Sean Hannity. Go listen to the fucking Bozo Farm people. I just want to divide my country because that's American. Shut the fuck up, Mark Levin. Sorry. I'm a little rude and crude, and I, I, I might even be, I might even sound a bit hostile. And I apologize. I really do. It is not my intentions to come across in such a angry and, and uh, tormented way. I, I'm not angry and I'm not tormented. I'm just, I come across that way because, to be honest with you, I just don't give a fuck. Okay? And, I, I mean, I just, I think that's an American thing. I think it's genetics. I think it has a lot to do with being an American. You really just don't give a fuck. You know, Donald Trump is the greatest president ever. I don't give a fuck. That's a true American right there. When someone says, oh, Donald Trump's the best president, and the other guy goes, no, he's just a fucking bozo, that's, that, that's a guy that doesn't give a fuck. And that's a real American right there. He's being a patriot because he's telling you that Donald Trump's more dangerous than fucking dynamite and 12 dwarfs blind carrying torches. I don't know if that makes sense. It's a little strange analogy, but it works. Donald Trump's more dangerous than landmines while you're playing fucking golf. I don't know. Well, they, they probably do that at, at Trump fucking America, wherever the fuck it is, goddamn golf course. I know, I've got 12 goats and two goats. I mean, I've got... 12 chickens and two goats, and I'm a tax exempt. But don't mind the fact that I make 500 fucking million dollars a year off this one particular golf course. Now that I'm president, I wasn't making that kind of money before I became president. But now that I'm president, I go to that golf course as much as I can. Because that's what real presidents do. They rip off the American taxpayers and go to their own fucking properties. And so the taxpayers can flip the fucking bills so they can play fucking golf at their own fucking properties. And the taxpayers are going to fucking pay for every fucking thing. I got shit I got to do. Are you still with me? Are you been paying attention? I hope you're paying attention because I, 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 I just, I think it's time for me to go into the store here and just get a couple things. I need to go home. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm freaking exhausted. I am really freaking exhausted. I am super exhausted. And so I'm just going to go in this place and I'm going to get a couple things and I'm going home. But you just, you hang in there. Okay. Just hang the fuck in there.
visually. Well, thank you for tuning into my show. This is Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast. Your host with the most. The great one, Jeff Kaufman. Hey, Scott, where's out? I'm the great one. The anti Hannity. The anti Mark Levin. The anti Rush Limbaugh. Or if you prefer Rush Limp Balls. I'm the anti-anti-American. I just gave myself my own nickname. I'm the great one now. You know something that's really strange? And I'm, I'm just going to say it like it is. That whole... Make America great again thing. We're not going to get into the fine details of that bullshit, but because America's always been great, always will be great. But here's the thing. All right, well, bear with me. The whole MAGA, MAGA, and the red hat thing. You know what's really funny? That kind of slogan there is really important right now. Because the only way we're going to make America great again is when we get this fucking moron out of the fucking White House. I mean, let's just be honest. I'm sorry, I mean a Twizzler. Hope you don't mind. Come on, air. I love Twizzlers. Do you love Twizzlers? Um, Twizzlers are a great candy. I highly recommend them. There's my sponsor. Brock Candy, or I don't know. No, seriously. Okay. I'm being serious here. I'm being really serious. Right? I was thinking, if I had to run against Donald Trump, I would so use his fucking slogan. He's probably going to say it's copyrighted. I'll say, fucking sue me. We have to make America great again, and the only way we're going to make America great again is when we get your ass out of the fucking White House. So what I'm trying to say is, wouldn't it be funny if the Democrats adopted his slogan? Now, the ironicy, how fucking ironic it would be if people started accepting that. 
Because the people who butt worship Trump would throw all their red hats on the fucking ground and set them afire. And all the Democrats would fucking wear them. I'm just making a little prediction. I'm pretty good at these prediction things. I'm not Nostradamus, but I am awesome, Donis. And I'm the great one. What do you want? I'm the great one. This is how someone who is actually the great one should talk. You understand? You should have a man's, man's voice. Not a sniveling wiener schnitzel's asshole voice. No. You should talk like a fucking man if you're the great one. I mean, do you agree with me or not? I agree with me. That's what's important. I don't give a fuck what you think. <laughs> okay, yes, I do. I care about what you think, okay, Bobby? Now go sit down and do your fucking math. Now! No, but really, if you're the great one, then why do you sound like a little girl when you talk, Mark Levin? If you're the great one... Sorry. If you're the great one, why do you sound like this? Why is it when you get all hot and bothered, you start talking like... Like someone's twisting your nuts while screwing a fucking corncob up your butthole. Hello, I'm Mark Levin. I love making fun of him because he's the most fucking obvious traitor to this country. He's the biggest traitor I've ever seen in my or heard in my fucking life. He's the only one I can tell you I'm I'm a patriot, but I really like to see our country divided because that's how America should be. Yeah, he's a patriot, right? My ass. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. He's a fucking patriot, all right. If he's a fucking patriot, I'm Mickey fucking Mouse. I know I don't look like fucking Mickey Mouse. And I know I don't sound like fucking Mickey Mouse. I'm not like a fucking man. I think this is how men are supposed to fucking sound. Like a man. Like you got a fucking set of balls. I totally forgot what the fuck I was talking about. I'm sorry. I think there's something in the Twizzlers. All right. With all the candy I eat on the air, you probably think I weigh fucking 400 pounds. You probably think I'm as big as Russ and as dumb as Mark and as insanely corrupt as Andy. But luckily, I'm none of those things. Not one. I just happen to have a Twizzler deficiency. Occasionally, I have to eat red things. Why? I don't know. Uh, I really, I can't stand it. Oh, look at the blackberries. Oh, they're getting red. They're red. They're going to be fucking purple soon. We're going to have fucking blackberries. Oh, look at them all. Holy shit. Well, you can't see them. I'm starting to think I should do something like a video and podcast at the same time. I should have a totally mobile studio. Totally mobile. Have I told you lately how tired I am? Mm. I'm I'm ingesting sugar right now. I need it. 
I'm so tired. I'm so tired, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing anymore. I mean, really. My wife ever have fucking coffee made. That's all I know. Who's in my house? Why are there cops in my house? What the fuck's going on? There's like seven or eight police cars in my house. What the fuck is they going on in my house? Hmm, I might have to get off my, my show. There's a bunch of... I'm just kidding. <laughs> there are no cops in my house. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that sounded funny. Maybe you don't find me funny. I'm sorry. This paper, I'll give a fuck what you like. Mmm. Those fucking Twizzlers are good. Mmm. Alright. Well, here's the thing. I gotta go. Alright? Um. Do yourself a, a big, huge favor, America. If you're an American and you're red-blooded, hard-working, blue-collar, white-collar, doesn't matter what the hell you are, okay? As long as you love this fucking country, right? Are you following me? You have any of those traits? Don't support Donald Trump because he doesn't have any of those traits. He's not like you and me. We are the backbone of America. This is Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio, and this was your host, Jeff Kaufman. Remember to donate. You can donate to Danger Close Resistance Podcast Radio. It's easy. It's affordable. You can do a monthly plan, or you can just throw me a huge chunk of your savings. I'll greatly appreciate it. I, I will. I, I'll love you forever. God bless America. Enjoy your Sunday evening, America. Hooah!